This is Update One, the podcast of the National Press Club in Washington, D.C. Update One provides a forum for listeners to learn about national and international stories, focusing on journalism and communication issues, news, and politics. Now, the latest edition of Update One. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Update One. This is your host, Shannon Fisher. The COVID-19 pandemic has had a ripple effect into nearly every aspect of public and private life on a global scale. And one trend emerging is that governments around the world are squelching freedom of the press. And reporters covering COVID-19 have been faced with resistance and even imprisonment. And so our guest today is the Executive Director of Reporters Without Borders USA, Dahi Fasihian. And she's going to talk to us about the threat COVID-19 poses to press freedom. Dahi, welcome. Thank you so much, Shannon, for having me. And so Reporters Without Borders is the world's largest NGO specializing in the defense of media freedom. And so your organization has launched a tool called Tracker 19 to evaluate the COVID-19 pandemic's impact on journalism, specifically on press freedom. So tell me a little bit about Tracker 19. Sure. Happy to. So um, when the pandemic really became a pandemic and we knew it was on a global scale, um, Reporters Without Borders took the initiative to create this tool to track incidents of uh, violations of press freedom around the world um, that are directly related to when journalists are actually trying to cover the pandemic itself. Now, we regularly monitor and document uh, violations of press freedom and incidents against journalists, violence against journalists uh, around the world um, through many different research products that we put out each year, for example, our World Press Freedom Index and our Roundup every year. So this is something that we regularly do. But given the significance of this global event and uh, the what we would imagine would be sensitivity by governments um, around their response um, and and what's happening in their territories and the need to control that information, we knew that um, it would be really important for us to create this tool in order to give you know transparency and accountability to um, the journalists that are trying to cover this 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 event. Sure, sure. And governments, they're, they're, they're squashing press coverage by controlling access to information. They're closing or revoking access to media outlets, spreading propaganda, and they're punishing journalists who try to cover the pandemic. Why so much secrecy? And why do you think these governments have ramped up the um, crackdown on press coverage? You know, I've been thinking about this a lot. I think we have to understand that this is such a huge global event. It's unprecedented at this scale. And governments are going to instinctively want to try to control the narrative about their response. Now, we've seen that authoritarian regimes in true style that they are, they are um, the worst actors. Um, so the worst actors who have always violated press freedom um, and repressed journalism in their countries are the worst uh, performers right now as well. So countries like China, countries like Iran, these also happen to be two of the countries where the outbreak 
first happened. These are very poor performers on the World Press Freedom Index. These countries have severely restricted their journalists' ability to cover the pandemic. It's very hard for journalists to operate independently anyways, um, but they've made it increasingly difficult and jailed or disappeared journalists. Like in China, for example, in February, two citizen journalists disappeared. Just last month, we had another three that were arrested. But we're seeing this around the world. This is not just in the you know, worst authoritarian regimes. We're seeing this in the Western world. We're seeing, for example, in Hungary, um, where you have the populist leader, Viktor Orban, take advantage of the pandemic and pass this outrageous uh, coronavirus law that allows him to rule by decree until the state of emergency um, is in place, but that's an indefinite time. And as a part of that, there's a provision that says that any any media outlet that spreads fake news, which the government decides what it is in essence, can be jailed up to five years. This is happening in Europe. So this is deeply, deeply concerning. You have other populist leaders that are basically making light of the pandemic, spreading misinformation, um, you know, President Bolsonaro um, of, of Brazil has been doing that. In our own country, in the United States, President Trump has been scapegoating the press um, when they ask very tough questions about his government's response. There's been really disturbing harassment of journalists in the White House press briefing room. And this is an effort really to deflect rather than answer those questions. Um, so we're seeing, like you said, a variety of different tactics used by governments around the world, but it's happening on every single continent, with the exception of Antarctica. I mean, really, every single continent. In Africa, for example, Zimbabwe has arrested something like five journalists. In Bangladesh, the response has been very brutal with assaults and arrests. Uh, in the Philippines, there have been arrests. Um, so things, you know, are, it, it is a pattern. But what we've seen is that, like I said, the the worst performers are doing the pattern holds that, you know, where governments have used censorship and arrests before, they're doing more of that. Where governments have used harassment and denigration of the press, they're doing more of that. So those patterns are holding up during this pandemic. The, the name of your Tracker 19 is, has a double meaning. Uh, it's for COVID-19, but also Article 19 of the United Nations Universal Declaration of Human Rights, which says everyone has the right to freedom of opinion and expression. This right includes freedom to hold opinions without interference and to seek, receive, and impart information and ideas through any media and regardless of frontiers, meaning borders. And so I know you guys have, have reached out to the UN and, uh, and made them aware of the clamping down of, of press freedom around the world. What has your response been and what can they do about it? Well, the UN has several mechanisms um, at its disposal. Um, they have working groups on arbitrary detention. There are special procedures um, and special rapporteurs that can, can speak out on these issues. Um, they have a complaint mechanism um, so that um, when there are violations against journalists, that these complaint mechanisms can be employed and the UN can reach out to governments separately and ask for a response and, you know, put pressure on governments that way. So there are a variety of different human rights mechanisms and special procedures that the UN 
um, can use to ask about some of these issues. The UN has a very um, strong ability to document violations um, and speak out through different international bodies like the UN Human Rights Council. Um, and of course, you've got important diplomats at the UN that could be speaking out like the Secretary General or, or the High Commissioner for Human Rights. Um, so there are a variety of things that the United Nations can do and Reporters Without Borders has been engaging with the UN on these issues, both broadly uh, on what's happening globally, but also on issue specific and country specific issues. For example, um, we, we recently took an initiative on Egypt because of the severity of um, the arbitrary detention in Egypt um, for journalists. Wow, it's such a such a large scale, and there's there's even violence that's happening uh, against journalists. There's surveillance, there's police violence, even civilian violence, and there's also judicial harassment, which is something I think most people don't think of as being part of press freedom. But indeed, once you go through the justice system, whether it's domestic or international, there's there's actually a high profile case, uh, Julian Assange's extradition involving COVID-19. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, you know, Julian Assange has been part of a judicial process in the UK because the United States has asked for his extradition. And he has been in Belmarsh prison in the UK. And the hearing to hear this case started earlier this year, and it was um, set to resume in May. Um, his lawyers have asked for there to be a postponement um, in order for there to be adequate preparation. Um, and they, they are quite concerned about his health. Um, we've called for his release because we are also concerned about his health. Um, so it is an issue where we have called for all journalists, although we, we don't necessarily classify Julian Assange as a journalist, classify him as a publisher. Um, he was engaged in activities. Journalists are normally engaged, which is publishing information that could be of the public interest. Um, so we have defended Julian Assange, and we do believe he should be released. Um, and so it is a very high-profile case, and, and we're still waiting to hear back from the court on his case. Sure, sure. And the, the, the National Press Club is a, it's a you know, professional organization for journalists. For our members who are listening, what can journalists do to uh, prepare for what is happening and to um, protect themselves from awful things happening as they're trying to cover COVID-19? I think it's extremely important um, for journalists to understand this is a very unique environment and that situational awareness and um, self-care is critically important. There's a lot of really good resources out there uh, for journalists these days, more than there used to be before. And um, places like the Dart Center, the ACOS Alliance, you know, have created safety tools, mental health care guides, tips, where journalists can take advantage of these resources. Um, RSF USA, in particular, we have also reached out to our network to see what their needs are, what journalists' needs are, you know, in the current environment. And two of the things that we heard over and over again is counseling, actually. Um, you know, it is, it is a very grueling, situation and story in the sense that it's 
you know, it's nonstop. Um, there's a lot of pressure to cover this story. There's so much at stake globally for the health of citizens around the world. And there's also the journalists themselves and their families at risk, the emotional burden, the human suffering of the story. So there's a lot um, to carry here. And I think, you know, the the most important piece of advice I could give, you know, is is self-care and, and being gentle um, and, and to, to take advantage of the resources that are out there. Sure, sure. And for for people who are not journalists, global citizens out there who care about this, how can how can people help raise awareness of what is happening around the world? You know, I think we are now all connected virtually, you know, and it was interesting. I was having a conversation with some friends recently about the the the, the term social distancing was probably not the right term to use for a variety of reasons. Physical distancing uh, w- would have been a better term. Um to use for a variety of reasons, but we are still socially connected and we're probably more socially connected than we ever have been in terms of online and technological. I think there is sort of an increase in in social connections in some ways. And so I think, you know, staying up to date as much as possible about the issues you care about. Um, This is a time for reflection for everybody. And um, in some ways we have more time to reflect on our lives and reflect on uh, some of the problems that we can try to solve together. And I think, you know, using that time to reflect um, and and sharing thoughts and resources with those that you're connected to, I think for me seems to be uh, the best way to to take advantage of this 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 time that we're all going through together and see if we can make some positive changes coming out of this pandemic. Excellent. That is that is really good perspective on that. And the entire world thanks you for the, all of the work that your organization mm. is doing to protect journalists. The fact that you are monitoring everything and, and sharing all the information that's going on, uh, it's good to have somebody in Journalist Corner looking looking out for them. So, Dahi Fasihi, and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Shannon. I appreciate it. And for Update One, this is Shannon Fisher. See you next time. Update One is a production of the National Press Club's Broadcast Podcast Committee. You can comment on this podcast or any episode of Update One by sending an email to Update One Podcast. That's Update the Number One Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to Update One.